Staying consistent is hard, but it's important if you want to see results. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies right now, and they're one of the only brands that are committed to your health. They only use the cleanest and purest ingredients in their formulas. No seed oils, no preservatives, or toxins. Let me walk you through my morning routine. I wake up, make my coffee, and then make sure to fill my water with Symbiotica Pure Hydration before my early morning workout. They source the best ingredients from all around the world, and I've loved every supplement I've tried so far. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use code POD for 15% off your subscription order. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection like the made-to-be-seen, very sexy push-up bra in on-trend hues like green, citron, and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring, well, The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. This is Teddy Teapot with Teddy Mellencamp. Welcome back to Teddy Teapot. I'm jumping right back in. 
to all of these divorces. I cannot believe this. Even since last week, I've heard Dr. Dre and his wife, Nicole Young, have decided to break up after 24 years. Steve Howie and his wife, Sarah. And then now I'm starting to think maybe I'm the podcast curse because Ryan Seacrest and his girlfriend, Shayna, who was just on my podcast talking all things CBD, they announced they broke up a couple weeks ago. I'm like, what is going on? So I am super excited to have Dr. V on so I can ask her all of your questions. Um, Dr. V wrote a book called Bad Advice, How to Survive and Thrive in the Age of Bullshit. Already with that title, I love her. I know she's going to give us so much good insight on thriving and surviving our significant others. So let's welcome her. You like to watch the new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. Don't miss the new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise. The sizzling new reality show set on the Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Do you want $0 delivery fees? Try Dash Pass by DoorDash. You won't regret it. Whether it's food from your favorite restaurants, groceries from across town, or anything in between, Dash Pass is the most affordable way to get everything you need delivered right to your door. Get more from delivery for less with Dash Pass, $0 delivery fees, and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for Dash Pass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. For the love, there is nothing worse than shaving your legs. It takes so much time out of your day and you may cut yourself by accident. A total game changer to my beauty routine is Nair. That is right, the OG hair removal. Not only do I love my Nair, my daughter Slate does as well. My mom used to let me Nair when I was her age, but it was not the best smell back then. But now, Nair smells so dang good. Nair will save so much time, and the best part is no nicks, no cuts, and you will have smooth skin for days. You have to make sure to check out Nair's new sensational shower creams and body creams. Like I said, they all smell amazing. My favorite shower cream is the Moroccan Argan Oil and Orange Blossom. The scent creates the ultimate pampering experience. I also recommend the Nourishing Oat Milk and Vanilla Body Cream. 
I swear, the scent lasts on your body for hours. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is... And I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio, or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. You guys, I am so excited to be back with Doctor V. After last week's episode, there were so many breakups. There has been so many divorces during this time. I'm curious, do you think that the couples who are divorcing during this would have divorced anyhow? Or is this pandemic and the stay at home like revealing more things to their significant other? You know, that's a really great question. And I think through further research, we're not only going to see a correlation between the pandemic and divorce rates, but we're actually going to see a causation. So, what does that mean? The world was not prepared for a pandemic. Why should we expect marriages to be prepared? And you ask a really great question. Well, were they on shaky ground anyway? Dealing with a pandemic is a trauma on so many different levels. Now, it's been known that uh, couples who have gone through the death of a child are more likely to get divorced. Do we say to them, Oh, well, they were having problems anyway. No. No, we related to the trauma. And that's what's happening here. A, a worldwide pandemic is a trauma. I know we're all trying to go through our lives pretending that that's not happening. But at the end of the day, it's incredibly traumatic. And the world wasn't ready for it. Individuals weren't ready for it. And marriages weren't ready for it. And the bottom line is... We're seeing spikes in domestic, vi- in, in domestic violence and anxiety and depression and unemployment and loss and grief. We're also going to see a spike in divorce rates because all of those other coping skills now have gone down. So we're in a complete imbalance. So to your question, were they on the rocks to begin with? As a social scientist and as someone who works in the relationship space, They could have been, but do we say that when other traumas happen in a marriage? Ah, you know, they were just unstable anyway. We usually don't. 
So I think it's important to see this in a very, uh, in a worldview, veer out, take a bird's eye view as to what is happening in the world, what's happening around you, what's happening to you, and what's happening to your partner and your marriage. Very long answer, I'll shut the f up. Go ahead. No, I, I loved every second of it, which leads me to the next thing. Cause I know at least for me, my husband and I, with everything that's going on, we've been having a lot of tougher, bigger discussions that we've never had before. Yeah. And we're learning new things about each other. And we're also learning how to navigate how to have those harder discussions. But I think, you know, and I'm still figuring it out. What are some tools you would give to those of us who maybe haven't had some of the conversations with everything going on in our world today. Yeah. The right way. I mean, I guess there's no right way, but the, the well, healthiest way. Right. Well, I mean, it also, it all starts with understanding what it is you need. For example, what you may have needed before the pandemic, before the birth of your child, um, yesterday may be different than what you need today. So to be aware of your ever-changing needs is incredibly important because so many times I hear on my couch, well, she should know I feel this way or he should know I feel this way. Your partner is not a mind reader. And right now we're undergoing so much trauma and we're digesting it so quickly that what you need will change. So if you can figure out what it is that your needs are, then you're able to express them to your partner. You're able to say, I need some emotional space. I need some physical space. I need you to get out from my ass like, like you're able to say things in a way um where you're able to just understand what it is that you need and look in the beginning everyone you know but during the pandemic everyone was like you know social distance doesn't mean emotional distance social distancing doesn't mean emotional you know distance you know connect with people connect with people and you know what you've been living with your partner now in quarantine and now we're seeing an uprise and more COVID cases. So you're probably going to be in quarantine, you know, quarantining again. It's okay to ask for emotional space. Like it's really okay. So I think the larger answer to your question is really understand what it is that you need. So we're going through a trauma and no one is talking about that trauma. Um, and that has to do in every sphere right now, socially, in terms of the movement that is happening around us, the change that needs to happen, the pandemic that is killing people, um, police that are killing people as well. Like there's so much going on right now that we are under individual trauma because it starts at the top and then it trickles down. So if the parents are fucked up, we're going to be fucked up. Right. So we have a lot of work to do um, on all levels of where we are right now. But the only thing we can control is what we do as individuals, you know, how we respond.
Right. So if you're in a place for, for somebody who's in a place where they're feeling unhappy or they're feeling unsure in their marriage or they're feeling stuck or unheard, what's a good way to get started? So I know, I know that sharing your boundaries and sharing what you need, but like, how do you start the conversation with your significant other for it to go a positive direction? Mm -hmm. So quickly it can go negative. Yeah. It's so quickly. And by the way, we're so often willing to have these discussions when we're pissed. Right. We want to engage <laughs> when we're angry, right? Mm-hmm. Because when we're not angry, the volume gets turned down. Maybe those feelings even go away. So it's important that you have a conversation with your partner when you're actually in a good place. When you're in a good place, when you're marriage is in a good place, when your relationship is in a good place. And that good place, by the way, that is a huge spectrum of place. So you don't have to be like all happy and, you know, it doesn't need to be that. It just needs to be calm, right? To be, for people to be able to express themselves without feeling like they're being judged. When your partner feels like they're being judged, they shut down. And the bottom line is people judge because thinking takes some work. So you have to really ask yourself, am I being a judgy asshole when I bring up these issues, right? Am I, am I being that when I bring these issues up with my partner or, or is this something I don't understand and that I need to understand my partner's inner life? So I have a little acronym that I always like to use. Um, L-U-V, love. You're going to listen, you're going to understand, and you're going to validate. It's that simple. Yeah. I've heard what you said. I acknowledge that what you may be feeling is painful. I acknowledge that. I acknowledge my responsibility and how all of that may have occurred. And then you're going to do the last part, the validate. I validate that completely, and I understand you and I love you, and I care about you, and no matter what, that is what is most important, and you are most important, your feelings are most important. So then you listen, you understand, and then you validate. So if our listeners could remember that L-U-V spells love, to just really take those steps, to really be curious about someone's inner life. I mean, there are so many things I've learned about my husband that I really never knew, like, and they're funny things. Like I never really knew that my husband was a, um, cause you know, I hear him on conference calls. He's the type of man, which I never knew either that walks paces as he's on these like conference calls. And I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, like how, what, how do you take advantage of your office? Just walk down hallways. So it just like wanders around the house. So we all are privy to these like, you know, conversations. Um, I never knew that my husband was a, um, all right, well, uh, we're going to put a pin in this. Or, <laughs> uh, okay, we're going to circle back. Like I, I would never, I have been married to this man for 20 years and I have never heard him use these kinds of phrases. And so for me, I'm like, wow, that is a whole new human. And I know it's like, well, I mean, he just uses phrases that you've never heard. But in my mind, it's like, wow, there's parts of this person's inner life that I want to get to know. 
Um, so I don't know if, if, if you've had those experiences where you've learned new things about um, your husband that you were sort of like surprised by, just little things that they said or little things that they did. Well, I think for me, a big part has been um, the shift in us both working in the same environment and how much I've been able to, when, when we're talking about something that lifts us both up, like in regards to our business, we can really have thriving, good conversations and learn from, an, from one another. But if we start to shift the conversation to something that's like, Maybe, you know, me trying to obsess over the fact if the kids are going to be allowed to go back to school or not. That may not be a conversation that my husband wants to have at that moment. Mm -hmm. And learning how to navigate when is the right time to have this conversation, because it's something I do want to talk through. And I want to talk through the hypotheticals and I want to have all of the, you know, the ideas or whatever it may be. But for him, it's like I've learned that if we set up those times and we know when we can like have those like free conversations, it's better than when I try to force the conversation. Mm -hmm. And it goes back, it circles back to the actual, what can we do? And again, you can schedule a check-in time. Right. And people are always like, you know, they, they, I hear some, uh, sort of verbal backlash about scheduling. Well, let me tell you, Couples who schedule sex, for example, report that their sex life is more satisfying, is more fulfilling. Why is that? We are creatures, we're human beings. When we know we're gonna do something, we prepare biologically to do that. So if you know it's in your calendar that you're gonna have sex that night, your body is working. It's doing its thing. <laughs> It is yeah. because muscle memory, it's chemical memory. We are programmed to be creatures of preparedness. Um, I wish I would have done that before this interview, prepared a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you like to watch the new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. Don't miss the new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. Season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise. The sizzling new reality show set on the Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Do you want $0 delivery fees? Try Dash Pass by DoorDash. You won't regret it. Whether it's food from your favorite restaurants, groceries from across town, or anything in between, Dash Pass is the most affordable way to get everything you need delivered right to your door. 
Get more from delivery for less with Dash Pass, $0 delivery fees, and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for Dash Pass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. For the love, there is nothing worse than shaving your legs. It takes so much time out of your day and you may cut yourself by accident. A total game changer to my beauty routine is Nair. That is right, the OG hair removal. Not only do I love my Nair, my daughter Slate does as well. My mom used to let me Nair when I was her age, but it was not the best smell back then. But now, Nair smells so dang good. Nair will save so much time, and the best part is no nicks, no cuts, and you will have smooth skin Four days. You have to make sure to check out Nair's new sensational shower creams and body creams. Like I said, they all smell amazing. My favorite shower cream is the Moroccan Argan Oil and Orange Blossom. The scent creates the ultimate pampering experience. I also recommend the Nourishing Oat Milk and Vanilla Body Cream. I swear, the scent lasts on your body for hours. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. I had never heard of it. I was listening to the radio one morning, actually Ryan Seacrest, and I was hearing Tanya Rod talking about divorce sleeping and how people love it. So that's where, for people that don't know, like how I didn't realize what it was, it's you are happily married, but you choose to sleep in different bedrooms at night. And all all these people were calling in, talking about how great it is and why they do it. And at that current time, my daughter had just had a really bad injury and she was sleeping in my bed with me. And my husband was sleeping downstairs um, with my son. 
because she needed, like I had to wake up and change her dressings and do all the things that she needed to do to take care of her, give her the medicine, and also really be there for her 100% of the time. And I loved every moment of being able to take care of her and being there for her. And I would have been worried had she not been in the bed with me. That being said, I was feeling distant from my husband not sharing a bed together at night. And I'm not judging people that that choose to. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on it in general. Because for me, at the end of the day, like we have our kids, we have our businesses. Sometimes I'm filming Housewives. We are running around a lot. It's scheduled chaos for, for lack of a better word. and that little, you know, 30 minutes before we go to sleep where we just even could just be like laying there holding hands, watching a movie or laughing at a show or, you know, telling a story of something that happened that day really gave me that connection. And when I didn't have it for those four weeks, I was trying to seek it in random spots that weren't like really fueling my tank. And so I had to like really like be aware of it and be like, this is something that I'm feeling right now. It has nothing to do with our marriage. It has, it has to do with this change. And, you know, now we're back sleeping the same bed. It's all back to the way it was before, but I'm curious, like the pros and cons of that. That's a really great question. And there has been, uh, there has been some research on um, divorce sleeping and uh, couples who sleep in separate bedrooms. Um, I don't particularly like the name of it because it has such a negative negative yeah. um, and every couple is different. So I want to point that out before I point to the research that says that couples who sleep in different bedrooms will experience um, distance between them at some point. So while that's a, a, a research point, I also want to point out that everybody's different. So you know what? You're more apt to fight and argue if your husband's snoring all night and you can't sleep all day. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. so some of these are roommate issues, working out a roommate issue versus we're just going to sleep in separate beds because that's what we like to do. And if you like to do that and that works for you and that works for your marriage, that is a wonderful thing. Again, I go back to the research pointing to that sleeping in separate beds creates emotional distance between couples. Again, that's just a research point. And I want to also point out it's a qualitative research point. And I don't want to bore your listeners. What is qualitative research? It's self-report. So there's always some flaws within that. It's not a quantitative uh, research report. Like, like, does that make sense? Yeah. And I, I don't. I I woke up a little brainy, so I'm just trying to like. No, it makes sense to me. <laughs> well, then if you're in a place where you are struggling with your significant other right now, like yeah. how do you know? Like I was just listening actually to Rachel's Rachel Hollis's podcast about since she has broken up with her husband and she was saying, you know, we were best, we are best friends. We you know, love one another, but there was something that we just could never work through all these years later. And it's time for us to separate. I'm not sharing my reasons why, but my question is to so many of us who, you know, of the listeners who are in the place where they are struggling, should I be getting a divorce or not? This is, no, this is a great, I mean, it's a great question. And I would urge, um, if there 
is uh, obviously if abuse is going on, if there's abuse in the home, you need to get out of that situation as soon as possible. That's clear, right? If we were to take abuse, substance abuse, things like that, um, very major markers in a choice to get a divorce, we were to put those things aside and we're not talking about that, um, I would really recommend time. We are under so much trauma and so much stress right now. I recommend time to not go. I mean, look, they're talking about divorce rates spiking in the next few months. Right. And alcohol, divorce rates. Oh, yeah. Domestic violence. Like everything is up. So divorce rates would be up as well. I would really urge time. Time is so important. And we don't live in a space where we value time, that we value healing. Healing takes time, understanding takes time. How you thought of a situation with your partner last week will be very different than how you feel about it two weeks from now. So it's really important that we give ourselves space, that we hold space for ourselves and someone else. Do you understand? Do you know what that term means when you like yeah. hold space for yourself? That you allow things to penetrate, feel them, explore them, think about them without the need for immediate reaction, right? Right. So you're going to allow time. And I think because of the pandemic and because we're quarantining and because we're going to be doing that more, all these rises in cases, we're, we're just going to be more careful. We're not going to be socializing. I mean, we're going to see more of that and we're going to see more of this sense of, I got to do something. I got to get out of this situation. There's so much that we project onto our relationship, onto our partner. When if we were to simply sit down and be like, you know what? I don't really hate my partner. I hate the fact that I can't escape. Right. So to really sort of flesh out within yourself and within your mind, what's going on with you? Because our partners are just mirrors of us. If we were to be really honest, it's a mirror of what's going on in the relationship, what's going on with us, why we chose this partner to begin with, who we are as a person. So I think time is so incredibly important. And it's, look, everybody now is working from home, right? And I kind of say, no, my work has infiltrated my home. Like now there's no escape from your work. Right. <laughs> I know. It's 24-7. It's 24-7. You're working. I mean, think about everything that has changed and has shifted that we're not really mindful of. It's like, no, my work has come to my house. I'm not working from home. Yeah. So there's so many different pressures that are happening in the world and within ourselves. And take a beat. That is my advice. Take a beat with your personal relationships. And more importantly, with your marriage, take a beat. Because I, I've also noticed that I when I'm talking to my friends or anybody that's going through this right now, there's having really good weeks and then really struggling certain weeks. And it's just really coming in waves, which you notice. And when you're talking to your friends, 
you're, you're able to almost like compartmentalize and say, I totally feel you. I've been the same way, but I can see when certain people are talking about their spouses or their significant other, they're not giving them that same grace. Oh, you know, like, yeah. So-and-so's husband, blah, blah, blah. He's like this and nah, 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 and it's, he's in a funk and I can't deal with it and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. yet I'm like, you were just talking to Mary and you were totally fine about her being in that same funk. Why are we not showing it? for our partners, but we can show it to our friends. Well, it's that sort of that age old question, like how come we can help other people, but we can't seem to help ourselves, right? Like it's so easy to get a bird's eye view of other people's problems. Um, and sometimes it helps us avoid our own. Looking at other people helps us avoid what's happening inside of ourselves. So I would um, encourage um, but that is a great gift, right? To be able to hover above a situation <laughs> and see someone else's situation for what it is. So to our listeners, to our viewers, do it for yourself. I know it feels like you're stuck in a situation. For fuck's sake, you're stuck in your fucking house. I mean, there was a point during this whole pandemic, I went outside of my car. I <laughs> shut the car and I started crying and I didn't know why. And at the end of the day, I just needed emotional space. And by the way, I live in a big house. I could only imagine what that would be like in a very small quarters. Mm -hmm. So the ability to be able to hover above someone else's uh, problems and emotions, be able to help them and be there for them and empathize with their situation, give it to yourself. You can mm -hmm. do it for you. So, um, you know, other people's issues are always so they become more simpler because we're not emotionally involved, right? We don't have an emotional investment. And I'm not saying, I just want to be clear. I'm not saying to pull back your emotional investment. I'm simply saying, don't make very, don't make life choices based in emotion, in a very heated emotion, right? Make right. those life choices, make a different life choice or whatever it may be, a change when you're relaxed, right. when you're calm, because things will be so different. Um, and, and like I, I hear so much, either it's so extreme, it's either I, we found so much about each other, our relationship is stronger, we're, we're bonded, we're this or that, or I hear, I hate this motherfucker, get him or her or <laughs> away from me, you know, like whatever your, whatever your positioning is, like get, like it's, it, there's no in between. Right. And that's fascinating too. It's incredibly polarizing. And when we live in an age where our thoughts are polarized through a tweet, through an Instagram message, we don't understand nuance. And I'm seeing this really filter filter how people digest their relationships too, that there really is this extreme polarizing thinking that we perpetuate every single day, um, you know, on social media, um, in every way, there's, there's not this sense of things are nuanced. And so we look at our relationship like that too, that it is not nuanced, that it's this one thing and that is it. And if that's just not true, we are complex human creatures. And I think also what's happening is 
the ability to learn to pivot within your partner, within your relationship. Like I know when this pandemic first started, we started a routine and we were liking it at first, which was like, you know, we do our work, we do this, but at three o'clock we were all meeting up because the kids were done with school and we'd go on this walk. But what would happen is if Edwin's timing was off or something would happen and it would, then I couldn't live with it. I was like, I don't understand. It's three o'clock every day. I do not understand. And once I was able to shift it and say, you know what, actually what works best for my schedule and for the kids is if in the morning I go on a walk with the kiddos and that's how we start our day. And if Edwin comes great, if he doesn't come great, I'm making this about what feels best for uh, for me. Mm -hmm. And then talking to my partner about what other ways that we can spend time together was so much better because I was realizing every day at two 30, all of a sudden I was stressed. Well, let me tell you, and, I and, want those stories and I see those morning walks and I don't know how you fucking do it. It is the best part of my day. It is the best part of my day. I'm not kidding. I have told so many people these morning walks with my kids. I have learned more about them oh, I love it so much. And it's really a time for us. And then what happened when Edwin realized I switched the time, like I was like, listen, it really drives me crazy when you're on the Zoom, moving your hands around like crazy. And like, I'm telling you it's three o'clock. It's like making me a psycho person. Like <laughs> I, I'm pivoting, I'm doing what works best for me and for them. And 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 then like, honestly, two days, he didn't say anything about it. He was like, just, you know, put his finger up, like I'm working, whatever. Two days later, he was like, hey, can we then like make a new a new deal? Can we do like dinner at six every night? And then can we watch this show that all the that we all like as a family? Can we watch that together? Can that be our new thing? And I was like, yes, I love that. That's perfect. But yeah. like sometimes we get so set in our ways and how we think it's supposed to be that we're making ourselves unhappy over something that's not a big deal at all. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I I agree and obviously it works for you that you're able to say you're able to make those shifts as they're occurring i mean maybe it took, I mean, you it took me like a month <laughs> well, well that was my next question how long did it take you to make the shift like how long did it take you like a month what did it you took, it took me about three weeks and what was happening is then i was realizing i was on a bad mood in the walks mm. And so I, was, I made it, I did this shift instead of I'm mad at Edwin for being late. I shifted to now I'm mad at myself because I'm in a grumpy mood right now over Edwin taking six more minutes than it, he said he was going to, you know, it, it was becoming something that it wasn't supposed to be about. And I'd be walking ahead. It was just like, okay, Teddy, you've got to shift this because this isn't the end all be all of your family and your relationship and your life. Yeah. Well, I mean, you bring up a really great point in terms of, you know, when do we begin to take responsibility for perhaps a family activity that someone doesn't maybe want to be a part of, or they're, they're late, all, like they're late all the time. I mean, you bring up a great point. Like at what point do we make that choice of, I'm going to make an executive decision and I'm going to go in the morning. Cause I don't feel like waiting for you for six <laughs> minutes. You know what I mean? Like you bring up this really, I think more of an as existential thought process um, in all of our relationships. At what point does it become about what you need? 
Because I can tell you, it's not all the time. Like we live in this very me, 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 my needs, my needs, my needs culture. Um, the bottom line is a, a marriage is a give and take of needs, right? And I don't like the word compromise. I think that sucks. Um, but it's, a, it's about give and take of needs. So at what point, like you had done, where you were like, this, I want to join myself. Yeah, like, why am I getting myself all revved up over nothing? Exactly. Why, why am I getting myself, you know, all upset over nothing? And, but at the same time, I, I don't know if that was over nothing. I, I mean, if someone's consistently late, people can see this as an act of aggression. People can see it as withholding. And so you might have been going through some of those emotions that are attached with someone who's consistently late. So I want you to go easy on yourself. But what you did was you said, all right, this is affecting me in this way. How can I make it better for myself? And that was a beautiful thing. So I guess like as we're sitting here sort of like working out this, this problem together, like at what point do you make those executive decisions within a family? It's a very interesting discussion. I mean, I think for me, when I realized that it's happening more than three times, you know, like when I realized that I'm, I'm consistently doing the same thing over and over again, and I'm like, how could I possibly be except like thinking I'm going to have a different result? Am I insane? Like I have to so much because I lean into that feeling. Like I admire that so much. It's like it's only three times. I mean, that's amazing. Like I, I, I started realizing it, but then I, st I kept trying to stick to it because I thought maybe this is really good for our family. This, this three o'clock walk. Maybe this is where we're really connecting. And then I was like, but I'm a disaster during it. And then I realized what happened is is around three ish, whenever. <laughs> It is. Now Edwin will go up and like play chess with the kids or he's still finding that moment to connect with them. And then Edwin and I had the conversation where I'm like, listen, even though we can't go out, I still want dates. Mm -hmm. So like we still need to like maybe order and support some small businesses, sit down, have a date, talk, like catch up, all of these things. But like we had to figure it out. It didn't just like the day the pandemic started. We weren't like, oh, we are crushing this. We are <laughs> navigating it perfectly. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like it was, it's a, it's a trauma. It's a jigsaw puzzle. It's a consistent shift. And by the way, like I would, I don't like the term date night, particularly now during a pandemic. I think that it implies a level of complexity, a level of the unknown of uh, that people don't want right now. So to some of our listeners, it might be easier for you to get a little bit more specific if you're going to have a sex night, call it what it is. If you're going to have intimacy night, call it what it is. If you're going but to no, that's not, oh, sex happens during the day around here for sure. That <laughs> <laughs> time event. <laughs> Most of the time. But I, I think for me, it's more time where it's not me rushing around in the kitchen, trying to seat everybody. Like, it's like, we are going to have that little. It's about yeah. you and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about us. It's about us. I just want to, but I want to clear that up because that's your personal experience. It works for you. I just want to clear up that the date night for our listeners who are going through a pandemic, who are quarantining together, right, an incredibly 
a slippery slope because, okay, so now, like now you got to think of creative ways just to eat dinner. Now you got to think of creative ways. Um, what room will we do this in? You know, and while, you know what I mean? Like, and while that might be fun, the first three, 60, 70 times, you know, when you begin to say, okay, we're going to schedule a date night. I, I, I just want to sort of give a little piece of advice, which would be more detailed. What is it that you're going to do where it's just going to be you and your partner together? Throw away this elusive date night, whatever that like, whatever that means. I mean, I don't even know what that means. This is a kind of date night. You know what that means, Teddy. Like you and your partner, you know what that means um, for you. It's very specific. And I think for a lot of our listeners, like they don't know what that means. So throw away all the complicated unknowns and call it what it is. That would be really helpful. And it also gets you nailed down to being more specific in other ways, right? Okay, so this is what we are going to do this time. And it also gets you more specific with your own feelings. This is how I feel during this time. So Mm -hmm. like you were saying, like you wanted to have this family walk every day at three. How admirable. What you found is that you were miserable (laughs) every day at three. And to be able to make the shift of, I'm not going to force my partner on this walk because you would want him to want to go, right? Like you right. Want, him to want to be there and show up early, right? <laughs> He's anxious to go on that walk. <laughs> like we have a, we have a in therapy where like, if you're early, uh, you're anxious. If you're early to your appointment, you're anxious. If you're on time, you're OCD. And if you're late, you're angry. Like that's <laughs> like you can't win. <laughs> uh, there's no, there's definitely no winning. There's no uh, winning. But I do, I know, I, I do fully agree with you though. And I think it's pinpointing what it is that you actually need, what you want and what, what your partner needs and wants. Yeah. I mean, even, it can even be so simple as like, this is something else that I realized during the pandemic, um, which I've been married to my husband, will be married nine years on July 4th. Congratulations. And in Hollywood years, that's a long time. Um, But I didn't realize until his birthday this year, which was during the pandemic, I always would buy him these elaborate gifts, really expensive gifts, because in my mind, like he came from super humble beginnings. He's worked his way to the top. He's worked super hard and he's always been the provider for everyone in his life. So in my mind, I always assumed I need to buy him something. He wouldn't buy himself. I need to go big and bold. And, and he knows I am not, I'm not like that, but I always just in my head made up. That's how he was. And this year during the pandemic, because I couldn't go anywhere and buy something and do those types of things. I had a video made with all of his closest friends and family, just making a message for him. And he cried like a baby. And he's like, this is the best gift you have ever given me. I love it so much. You could never top this. Like this is, you have no idea. And I realized, oh my gosh, these are the types of gifts he likes. And I had no idea because I made up in my head what I assumed he would want. Well, I mean, you bring up another amazing point in terms of how, what you found out 
was how your partner receives love. You thought it was one way this whole time, right? And then you discovered through this pandemic that it could be something else. How do you receive love? And I want to point out that how we receive love changes throughout time. And if you notice, Teddy, we never really talk about marriage through the lifespan. We don't. You get married and then somehow someone has a midlife crisis, they fuck up, you stay together, you get divorced, whatever that might be, and boom, we stop the discussion. We right. never really have longer conversations and more open discussions about our marriages, about our relationships, because society, there's no room for it. There's no narrative for it. We don't really discuss marriage over the lifespan. If you were to talk about um, some problems that you might've had or that you are having, it's shamed. It, so there really isn't space. And, and I would love to create a space. And one of my goals is creating space for couples to be more open about where they are in their marriage, because then you realize that you are not fixed in time like society wants you to be. You are not that fixed couple that got married that day. We're able to talk about our ever-changing wants, our ever-changing desires, and our ever-changing needs. And there isn't a space for that. I don't know if you noticed that, but there isn't any space for that. You never hear about people talking about their marriage as it's transforming. You mm -hmm. don't. You either hear about, I mean, I was even thinking about um, Kristen Cavallari. I don't watch the show, but when I saw that there was, uh, I think, a divorce and people were shocked. I only know this through social media, um, that people were shocked by it. And I thought to myself, wow, seasons went by, right? Seasons went by of this person's life. And yet we're all shocked by this divorce. And I'm not saying that people on television or every reality star has this, um, has this, they should be showing those things. That's not what I'm saying. Right. What I'm asking is, why aren't we? Why aren't we? Why aren't we providing space because we're probably doing the same thing we do to moms. We fucking mom shame them. You know? I know, but why is that? And that's why I, you know, when Justin and I were talking in the last episode about all of these celebrity breakups and there's all this shock and even the spouse is shocked or the significant other shocked at the breakup. It's like, why are we all in a place where we can't all realize we're all in this together? There's no perfect marriages. There are no perfect couples. There's nobody that doesn't have to work on their marriage. Yeah. All of the time. Well, what, you don't really know how much you love someone until that love is tested. Right. You don't really have a solid, solid marriage until the foundation has been tested. So this, this vilification of marital problems this shaming of marital problems um, isn't supportive. And it, and that's why we see these celebrity breakups. We're like, oh my God, what happened? 
And why couldn't we give space to talk about what really goes on between our marriages and our relationships? Like, why is that? Why can't we be supportive um, mothers to support other women? Why, why is that? And my hope is that this is something that will course correct itself. That this is something that um, with more discussion, with more talk where people don't feel the shame that they're able to have a space that's open and honest. So place to to share what's going on. But what happens, Teddy, is that this enters the marital space that there you are now fixated in time from the time you were married. That because society is imposing this on you now, you now are imposing that on yourself. You're not allowed to have problems. You're not allowed to have issues. And I just think be a great place if we were all just a little bit more open, more loving, less judgy. Again, thinking's hard. I could honestly get therapy from you for the next, you know, hour. I have to though get into some listener questions. Yes, listener questions. Okay, so we're gonna do a little rapid fire. How do you recover after losing trust? Okay, trust is one of those interesting things. Um, We build trust over time. It's like you have a jar, it's like marble moments. You think trust is built in these big events and it is not. Here's your jar and then little pieces. I will give you a marble, you accept the marble. Oh, he or she noticed my day and asked about it. Wow, oh, they thought about something I said years ago oh they defended me in front of someone we put we keep putting these marbles in these jars these marble moments of trust and trust is one of those things that takes a long time to build and then just one thing sweeps it all away the marble jar just cracks open and everything that you worked for is now gone So how do you build trust again? You're going to have to remember that it won't be through these big moments. It's going to be the way it was before. It's going to be these marble jar moments, these where your partner gives you a marble. Oh, I can trust this. All right. A little bit more trust. And by the way, you're going to trust and then you're going to not. It's going to be one step forward, two steps back, one step forward, three steps back. It's going to take some time. But what I want to tell whoever wrote this, this question, I love that you are wanting to trust again. What a beautiful thing. How do I trust again? How do I build trust? And if it's, if it's someone who, who has broken the trust that wrote that question, what a beautiful thing. And that is trust that I want to get this person's trust back, and I want to trust again. So that's what's important there. However that happens is going to be a jigsaw puzzle. But be open to accepting those marble jar moments. I, I love that, the mobile jar. The, 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 ah, now I'm all tongue to It's not mine. It's um, Brene Brown. Yes, sorry. Amazing. And, and she describes it so beautifully in terms of marble jar moments. It's really great. I, now I want to go down that rabbit hole a little bit. Um, 
How do you navigate during difficult conversations regarding politics or something like Black Lives Matter or any of the things that maybe you don't see eye to eye on with your significant other? Resist the urge to be right. Do you wanna be happy or do you wanna be right? You really have to ask yourself that when you're having these kinds of conversations. And if you resist the urge to be right, you're more likely to listen. You're more likely to listen with an open mind. You're more likely not to be a judgy asshole. You're more likely to be receiving information. And if you resist the urge to be right, you become the smartest person in the room because now you are available and open to be receiving all the information. So if you resist that urge to be right, that is really how you can have those conversations. Now, I do wanna say, um, I just had a conversation with a friend of mine whose mother um, was saying very racist things and it was overwhelming her. Um, her own mother saying these very racist things and she just said, I, I, she resisted the urge to say, like, I can't believe I'm a part of you. I can't believe I, I can't fight this, this conversation. And so she took care of herself and she hung up the phone and she's limiting her conversations with her mother until she's able to really talk to her about how she feels about these things. So that's another way is that you can really set your boundaries where they need to be um, and then be able to come back to the conversation with clear and thorough talking points. So it's a very, I, I give long answers. You, no, you but I, I mean, I completely agree. And I know that we have to wrap up, but there is, I had a similar thing happen to me with one of my girlfriends, um, it was involving the pandemic and masks and all kinds of things. And she was kind of making a joke of people wearing masks. She doesn't live in California. And I just realized like, you know what? I, I need to mute this person on social media right now because for me, this isn't making me feel good seeing it. It's at knowing that I live in Los Angeles. It's something I'm doing to protect others to protect my family, to protect myself. And also because it is, you know, a requirement of living in Los Angeles. So seeing that kind of thing was almost like polarizing to me. Like I was like, why, why is this making me so upset? And I, I realized like not every single conversation do I need to really get so invested in that it's affecting me daily. Like I was like, just if I mute this, I don't need to see it. And then you know what, I'm okay. And then I will have that conversation with her when I am ready mm -hmm. and not all charged up because I'm living it right this second. I mean, think about, so this woman was coming through like your feed. You're like, in, like if it was a coming to that way. Yeah, I mean, like through my Insta stories. Right, yeah, I mean, think about that. Think about all the relationships that we are trying to navigate. These really kind of unimportant relationships really that we're trying to navigate because we're given, we're allowing, we're receiving information and we're allowing that information to come through. Guess what? You don't got to get yourself all riled up. 
mute that person. I mean, and at the same time, stay strong in your own belief. Stay strong in what it means for you to be protecting other people's lives, for you to protect your own life. So I, I really um, have great empathy for what you're talking about. And it's a part of the world we live in now. So we have to have better boundaries. Mute. Yeah, I think better boundaries, sharing how you feel is great. And it's also, as long as we're leaning in, learning and doing what is best for all of us and we're having empathy, that's where we have we have to keep it. But if, if you're letting something in that's constantly making you feel bad, it is not worth it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just think I mean, that- it's better than me. I just write on my friends, wow, you're dumb. <laughs> and then we're not friends anymore. So you're way better than me. You like mute people. I just say, wow, I didn't know you were this stupid. And I'm like, we're not friends. Like, it's like, I, I really, you are way better than me. No, I would not say it was better. I just am like, oh, I don't want to, you know what? I, I fight with housewives for a living. I can't be also fighting with people on social media. It's just too much. I save that for Twitter. Um, Oh my God, you are hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And I really appreciate you sharing so many great tidbits. For more information on Dr. V, where do they find you? That's always a brain teaser. Um, so my Instagram, I think is Dr. Spelled out underscore V underscore. Um, and then my uh, Twitter, I don't even know, but you know where to find me. I, I'm around. Just punching Dr. All right, find Dr. V. You know what? I follow her. Look at the people I'm following. <laughs> and thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you, Ted. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in. I seriously feel like every week is a therapy session for me. So much good info there. Please send in your suggestions for any other topics you want us to dig into at teddyt at iheartradio.com, or you can just DM us on Instagram at teddytpodcast. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Staying consistent is hard, but it's important if you want to see results. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies right now, and they're one of the only brands that are committed to your health. They only use the cleanest and purest ingredients in their formulas. No seed oils, no preservatives, or toxins. Let me walk you through my morning routine. I wake up, make my coffee, and then make sure to fill my water with Symbiotica Pure Hydration before my early morning workout. They source the best ingredients from all around the world, and I've loved every supplement I've tried so far. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use code POD for 15% off your subscription order. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring, well, The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. 
Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.